You come at the king, you best not miss. You're now locked in the zone, zone 32. 32. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Zone 32 podcast. We have a few of us tonight. My name is Jake. His name is Drew. His name is Will. Grant had an injury to his toe, so he decided I can't live stream tonight due to my turf toe injury. Couldn't make so it all the way like, over to the computer. Nope. So You're Grant right. is just he, hiding behind a horrendous take that he had this week. Um, he does not want to come on and face the beatdown that he's going to receive for having a horrible take. So I think I think right. the turf toe is just a um, you know convenient injury excuse. Well, I mean, hey, turf toe, that, that, that doesn't leave a lot of strain on your foot. Maybe that was a little too much for him to actually go grab his charger and plug his computer or phone in. So, I mean, hey. See, if, like, if we yeah. invited Tom, if we invited Tom on the podcast again and he had turf toe, it would make sense that he'd skip it because he got up and walked around <laughs> the whole time, but not not Grant. Dad did fucking high knees through our fucking our episode yeah. and shit. Yeah. yeah, I've never heard of anyone skipping a remote meeting because of a toe injury, but you know, there's a there's a first for everything. It's also it's also interesting because you know this this argument stems from Grant wanting to draft injured players after hating on drafting injured players. Now he's an injured player, so like, do we have to, you know, like wait a couple rounds to pick him up again? Yeah, pick him up for the veteran. It's true. Man. It's true. He's he's going to be like a seventh rounder at this point. Maybe he yeah. injured his toe uh, running away from the group chat. Could be that too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it happens to the yeah. best of us, you know. Sometimes, sometimes you just can't you can't handle the heat, and you know, sometimes people know to get out of the kitchen. Sometimes people uh, tweet vague threats about fighting you. So, yeah, you well, know, Grant Grant's at least handled it in a mature manner. I haven't seen any um, vague threats about fighting people at you know Ariel's games or uh, talking shit about how you could beat the shit out of somebody eight hours away from you. But uh, yeah, yeah that's well, what it is. I mean, it's going to be an awesome doubleheader on Friday. So yeah. you know, hopefully, I see Grant at one of those if he can heal that toe up in time uh but you know uh hey, here's somebody's giving out love and hugs i sub son i sub yeah well and you yeah. know um i know grant spent the day listening to kid rock today Bawa yeah. Daba. um but <laughs> i'm more listening to tupac today but that's you know, where you got missed. that shit from same same yeah. i listen to chicago rooks something fucking aggressive shit yes does not no, involve, it's a, those uh, are, there's only two musical artists. There's only two musical artists in the world right now. It's it's Tupac and it's Kid Rock. That's it. Sometimes you want to act like you know two. Sometimes you want to act like you're you're Tupac and you're actually Kid Rock. And sometimes you know you you think you're Tupac so you can you know act like Tupac. It's really it. I mean, I thought there was, goes I thought there's a. I mean, I thought there was a third artist that one of the three of us listens to by the name of Future that I saw you may have posted today. Yeah, to there was a, there was some coded language behind that trick. Oh, everything. Well, there you I, go. Everything I do has uh, has deeper meaning to it. I'm, uh, you know, deep intellectual. Well, speaking of future, oh. keep an eye on the on the Zone Thirty Two uh, yeah. Twitter account tomorrow morning. I've broken Will into uh, including great rap rap artists in his uh, morning memes. So, Godspeed. More of the picture. The picture is just perfect. Like you can't you can't not not use it. So it's a you're gonna love it, Jake. Just wait till wait till tomorrow morning about. 7 a.m. Eastern time, you'll be fast asleep. But uh, you know, check. I'll wake check up it. to it. Check, yeah, first thing when you wake up, open up Twitter. You'll you'll uh, you'll be in for a treat. Honestly, if we Man. told Jake that was Ken Francis in the picture and didn't tell him it was future beforehand, I bet you he would have just believed it. And I don't think Ken Francis exists. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think he's real. No, I saw a LinkedIn. I found a LinkedIn profile. He's a real person. What's he look like? Uh, just like pretty average black guy. 
Okay. Like honestly, yeah, just no, well, no, like no distinguishing features or anything. Just pretty, so, pretty average looking dude. So I do a little, I do, you know, like a, a daily or every, every other day check on Lamar's um, social media activity and a, a, a tweet of his that did not get any attention. He quote tweeted the total or the, the total gym, the entire gym has a Twitter account. Now it has less followers than I do, which is fucking weird. Um, Ken Francis has nine followers. Ken Francis has nine followers. <laughs> he has a real Twitter account. He's linked. And I mean, I have to assume it's real because Lamar quote tweeted it and it's, and it's connected with the, the entire gym account. Um, yeah. And Ken Francis has nine fucking followers on Twitter. I'm getting him on the podcast. I'm telling you, once I get him to pay attention to his Twitter account, I am getting him on here. I have so many questions for that guy. Oh man. man it's Ari. That's where we had the, we had the conversation about, Lamar's like the whole entire gym thing was like just such a marketing disaster. Like it could have been great. He it could have been like he had everyone's attention. The memo went out a million followers. But yeah, he has a million followers and he's promoting an account for his product. And somehow the Twitter account has like one thousand eight followers, and the guy who invented the product has nine followers. What the fuck is going on here? I mean. That, that, so the only thing I can think is that the only thing I can think is that Ken Francis's account is fairly new or was not like um you know was not promoted on the entire gym page. I don't know. Nine followers is. is bad. It is. It's, no, no, it's no, it is now. It. But I'm saying, but I'm saying when it initially when he initially quoted that tweet or the entire gym shit came out, maybe it wasn't. I, I, that's the only thing I can think is the fact that he only has nine followers is fucking wild. With a quote tweet from Lamar Jackson, because yeah. usually if Lamar is is quote tweeting something, whatever. He, you know, even if it's not intentionally promoting it, it is promoting it. So it, it's putting it in front of over a million people and beyond that, really, because then anybody who sees it and retweets it, you know, then it's just hitting more screens. And and you're telling me that those accounts that are in embedded in that tweet have gotten zero traction know. whatsoever. That's fucking weird, man. Well, because I mean, you know that if I get in contact with Ken Francis, I'm going to tell him that we're zone 32 and we have reached to all 32 teams. So he should come on and make a contract pitch for Lamar. So, <laughs> I mean, the fact that I would be the first person to try that on him because he's only got nine Twitter followers would be fucking wild. Well, like, I mean, that's just, you know, you are I mean, a newsbreaker. You're a known newsbreaker. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm noted, right. noted internet, um, you know, news guy. So, yeah. The man with the polls on who may or may not retire. That's what it is. But anyway. I mean, Patrick Queen's in. looking like he's going to retire too. So, flacked out his social media. Just stay well, tuned. Professional he's gonna reti- yeah, he's going to retire to the, the bass fishing, uh, professional bass I report, fishing. I reported that circuit. months ago for the record. Yeah. I knew it. I knew it way out of time. Uh, so. he, probably, he probably listened to that Primus song, John the Fisherman, and was like, you know what? That sounds good. I'm going to go fishing. That, well, that was his tra- I think maybe he's process. offended that there is like um, – the NFL, I don't know if it's like, it's not through the NFL, but NFL players are involved in like a celebrity fishing tournament. And so there's like eight NFL players who, who are featured. He was not he's not on it. It's very weird because yeah. Yeah, I think he's one of the more like, uh, I think, well-known, like, it, and he's pretty good at it. I see him posting all, he's always fishing. So yeah, the only one that I would even say is close to him is Herbert. And that's because of the, the fucking memes of him in high school being like the president of the fishing club. I don't even know yeah. if he really likes to fish like that. I mean, I, right. I think Patrick you know, Queen, it's like a cool. lifestyle for him. 
Yeah. Other than like, I'm sure there's some fucking hick offensive linemen that we're missing oh, yeah. that, you know, well, I, I bet Ben Cleveland, but... Ben Cleveland, I'm sure is a big fish. He doesn't fish. He just fucking sticks his hands in the river and waits for salmon to come up. And no, know, he doesn't even, the, uh, no, he puts his mouth in like a whale. Yeah. It's like a whale. And he just like filters yeah. the fucking water yeah. through it, through his teeth yeah. and, and swallows his fish. Yeah. Yeah, I did definitely. Yeah. And I'm sure Carson Wentz is, you know, goes fishing. That just seems like something he'd fucking do. No, he duck hunts. Remember that picture of his like uh, oh, that's right. I hunting cabin with like nine thousand ducks hanging from the side. <laughs> I forget who's coming underneath. They're like, they're like, pal, you got a couple inches on your wall that doesn't cover in ducks stepping game up or something like that. Like, <laughs> uh, Dude, that, that was when the internet used to be fun. That was before everybody got so fucking sensitive all the time. Yep, that must have been his first uh, Super Nintendo, and I was Super Nintendo, but his first video game ever was fucking. Super Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt, that little combination. Pack. Ironically, uh, remember that? Drew, Drew and I were talking about Duck Hunt earlier today. Phenomenal video game, not great for internet graphics if you're trying to start an NFL draft website. Just you know, word to the wise. Yeah, not at all. Oh, no, of course not, dude. That's it'll get it'll get you it, it'll get you banned permanently from this podcast. Yeah, don't nope. uh, don't don't Google <laughs> words. Don't 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 look up all knowing in the thesaurus and pick up the coolest name that you uh, find that you know has a similar meaning. And don't use Duck Hunt caliber graphics. Those are probably two uh, good ways to get banned from Zone 32. Yeah, it looks like fucking Street Fighter or something. Yeah, yeah, it looks like fucking Duly you know, noted. Nostal- nostalgia Nintendo video games. All right, well, we went off the rails there. We, we didn't even get yeah. past the We intro. did, and now we're going to fucking jump into it. So This is all fucking Grant's fault. Because typically we got to get to our points so that we can fight Grant on something. Yeah. And now he's not here, so what do we fight? Well, then Grant's the, man, Grant's the man of the people, so I'll ask him to say what's up to the people. He'll usually do it because he's a fucking populist. It's what he is, it's what he is and that's what he does. He's like, hey, what up, man? Shut the fuck up, Grant. Yeah, so just... now that, now we lost the dynamic because neither you two are philan- philanthropes. You're misanthropes because you hate people. So what the fuck is the point of me? What are you talking about? I love people. Anybody? I'm so nice to everybody on the internet. I made a couple new uh, friends today. Big time uh, famous you? friends, you know. Yeah, yeah. Or, oh, that's right. You did. That's right. Yeah. You, the one. I'm gonna be friends. I'm gonna be friends with uh, Ken Francis soon. You know, we're gonna be. I'm gonna be Mister Mister Personable here. Ever so. since, so ever since Drew got connected with me, I just uh, mend fences and, and well, find basically new friends bridges with gaps of people that I've I've just had like nonsense internet issues with for, for <laughs> the longest time. <laughs> Great, because like sometimes he's like, "Why do you hate for something?" Like, Honestly, I don't. I don't fucking know. I was like, like, I don't sure. really remember. Yeah, I was like, I was like, I'm sure I was drinking and said something, or you know, they made some stupid tweet and got offended by some shit that I said. And he's like, so is it like real beef? I'm like, yeah, probably not. And most of the time, and then we uh, we you know mend fences and move on. So yeah, we've got Will's some new, basically new, like, new friends Will, today. Yeah, Will's the uh, Zone Thirty Two. Hold on. So this is a live reaction. Grant just texted the group, said, "I'm up." You guys recording it? Should we just tell them? The yes. Hop in, damn it! Hop <laughs> in, Grant. Oh shit! Hop in. Max, edit though. this shit out. No, don't edit it out. Don't edit it out. We got to keep this okay. fucking. Okay. Look behind the fucking curtains. <laughs> emphasize it. Yeah, it's all the hop on. It's fucking it. That was fucking it. See, this is why we record on my phone. Yes. Uh, so that that I can me. read this. So I can read this shit. I'll say the live. Well, so the, we have the dichotomy of yin versus yang with him on here. That way, I don't have to play devil's advocate. But he also, hey, and we save we go. save the press conference conversation for him. Yeah. So. 
But first, we're gonna hammer. Him. We're gonna hammer him on his uh, horrible take. The funny, the funniest part about this is we've been recording for twelve minutes, and we haven't yep. even touched on anything except for just making fun of Grant for twelve minutes. Pretty much, that's right. So it's perfect. That's it's right. perfect. It's like he knew. It's like he got. He's got like a spidey sense for being fucking bullied online. Singling. How Singling fucking Mr. horrible Jameson. is my accent tonight? Jesus Christ! See, this is what happens when it's Fenway season. Is I can't fucking hide the Boston accent either. I mean, to be going to come through bad. People are going to be like, who's this fucking dickhead that you have on the podcast? Sir? Drew, while we're I waiting for him to, to get in, did did the Red Sox lose again today? Yes. So I saw Jared uh, Carabas say that there is a a, um, a a curse that uh, the the that what Japanese guy, that the Japanese guy, what's his name? Uh, uh, Masahado Yoshida. Uh, yeah, the, his. It. His first home run, I guess some people caught it and they wouldn't give it back to him. So he was like, now they yeah, say so, curse. So I saw that. Um, so he hit a home run, came up, um, I'll be in on five, loading up now. Fuck you, Grant. Jesus Christ. Um, I respect <laughs> the group. It's going to be great. Clint. I'm the fuck in. No, so he hit, hit the home run onto the monster. First of all, the Red Sox do like the seizure lights now for every home run. Which is fucking bizarre. Oh, I don't know if you've seen that before. Um, I only saw it at the end of the game. Yeah, the, the walk off. So I thought that was yeah. only for the walk off. I thought that was like a walk off specific celebration. I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. But they did it for every fucking home run. And so he hit one the other night. Um, and then they brought one security guard over, was like, hey, did you guys catch the ball? Basically, like, confirmed it was them. And then a couple of Red Sox people came over, and you could just see like more and more Red Sox people kept coming over, and they did not come back with the ball. So typically in that situation, they'll send up, you know, like a clubhouse tenant or whatever, and they'll trade out basically anything they want. So like, um, I forget who it was. Um, actually, it was Mookie Betts' first home run was at Fenway Park. And kid who caught it asked for like a, a Betts-signed bat and like an Ortiz-signed ball. And so they, you know, took the ball from the kid. They had an authenticator come, you know, make sure that it was like a real baseball. And then they brought the kid everything he asked for, and it was, you know, done and over with. But this, these dickheads did not want to play ball. I don't know why. Well, I did and that's not get especially disrespectful because I know in Japan, it's like, it's not they even deal. a question. They give that shit back. Yeah. Every home run get, is given back. So the only thing that I was thinking about this, like if I caught an important ball like that and, you know, was like asked to trade, like I would 100% do it. And it's more of a, I don't know if I would like ask for something. I'd be like, so what are you offering? Just to see what the best thing that I could get is. But right. My my intention would never be to keep like a milestone ball. Like that, I would you know feel I mean? like yeah. such a fucking asshole, like and especially like who gives a shit? And this about is the not you know this is not like the ball. Bonds. There's not it's nothing yeah. historic about it. It's only special to the guy who hit it. Yeah, this is not like the Bonds you know record breaking home run ball. Like that one, I understand that the guy kept because that's you know fucking couple million dollars in his pocket. And, like, and the, ju- just... the judge won, the guy yeah. kept, and yeah. like went to auction with it. I get all that. But yeah, like, but those are ones that, you know, the team is not going to offer you something that matches what you're going to get on the open market for, right. you know, Yoshida's first home run ball. If you get an autographed Yoshida jersey and a fucking Raphael Devers bat or something like it's you're you're going to get the it's it's fine. Like you're you're getting better than what you got for catching the ball. I still don't even know what the point of, of any of that is. It's like, you know, it's, uh, who cares? Like all I would really want is like I would be I would want to give the guy the ball myself and get a picture or something, you know, like. Yeah, so that's the other thing that they yeah. like, you know, that's the uh, other thing that people that that's the actually the most popular request is that they want to get a picture of them giving the ball to the guy and get that yeah. picture signed, which is. Oh, look who it is. Wrong. Hey, 
Uh, so Luke who Grant finally Grant. fucking showed uh, up. And his name is John Cena. I have information. Uh, I know what happened to Grant. He overdosed on cookies. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, I went in the sugar. So we've home. been recording for about 20 minutes, and I would say a solid 15 minutes that has just been like shitting on you, like making up jokes and making up <laughs> stories about why you weren't here. And so, yeah. hey, and then you text. And Grant, we, I, uh, Grant, I said you broke your toe running away from the, the group chat. I did. I was out quick, stubbed it on the kitchen table. <laughs> no, man, that's so, stuck, dude. Like, man, that was a whole different experience. We are recording, so, just so you know. This is, li- yeah, is going to be live on the are, This live. is live. This is live, baby. This is live reaction to, uh, yeah, I, right, li- yeah, I so, live read your text message on the air. Yeah, we haven't, we have not covered any ground except for nope. just uh making shit up about why you weren't on the podcast so uh and, and, and random other tangents but a yeah. couple other things that had nothing to do with any sort of uh you know nfl related you know news or anything like that no actually we did do a we did do a mock draft we did do a mock draft as a uh as a zone 32 group and we oh, only three. picked injured players <laughs> and then we you know took them like a round after where they were projected to go to originally what do you we think down- about that? yeah we downgraded you to a round seven talent with your toe yeah. Oh, I, I don't. I mean, I might be undrafted free agent. I mean, might be calling Rex Ryan like Tony Jefferson was, and being like, "Hey, man, take me at the last pick." Well, t- Rex Ryan would be the guy to, to call if you have a foot yeah. injury. Yeah, yeah. So so foot 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 yeah he'd, he'd fix it for <laughs> me. Yep. He'd be like, oh, "Let me see a picture of that." Send me a picture. Yeah. Let me see a picture of that toe, baby. That would definitely be him. That tattoo actually. That Let's let's hop it. Let's hop it. Jake, get us on track here. The pre-draft, the pre-draft meeting, aka what people like to call myself included, the liars' luncheon went down today. Yeah, Joe Ortiz, Eric DaCosta, and John Harbaugh answering questions of this, that, and then the other. And for the first three or four questions, is all centered upon Lamar Jackson, and then they're like, "I don't want to answer that." And then eventually, someone came up and was like, "They're not going to answer you those questions. Stick to the fucking draft, little bastard." And John Harbaugh gave that look as if his he was with his wife and his mistress came into the room being like, Hey daddy, how you doing? He's like, Well, there goes getting a Harbaugh family member on the podcast ever again. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> could have, could have right. used any surprising thing that happened and he had to go with that. Well, John, Har- John Harbaugh is unmistakable. John Harbaugh is a family man and that is not it is. up for it question but whatsoever. The look he, but the look he gave, but the look he gave is different. But anyway, he did look like he got caught. He looked like he got caught. He looked like he got a question. Hey, did you all? We're gonna stay on track. They're hold on, player. Hold on, player. I'm getting into it. So anyway, Drew, I have a simple question for you. Of everything that just transpired throughout that press conference, do you believe in society's life? So I got and I mean, two things. I mean, believe what they said. Uh, yes, I totally believe what they say because they didn't say shit. But, um, so I got, I got two things here. One, it's a fucking pre-draft press conference. You dumb fucks. What else were they supposed to say? Like, I, I don't, yeah. If they did not come to the mic and say, either we have an extension in hand with Lamar or we have a trade in hand for Lamar, everybody would have lost their shit anyway. So like the, the pushback, the anger you see online is just people are mad to be mad, you know, bitch to bitch, like regardless of what they said, people are going to be upset because we're in a frustrating, weird circumstance where the quarterback position is kind of set, but not really set. You don't really know where it's going to go. Number two, I think that this was a message to Lamar. 
And I don't really see many people saying this, but I think that this was the message to Lamar of we are going to conduct business as usual, whether or not you want to join us in reality and, you know, let us operate as a team, or do you want to continue to hinder what we're doing? Um, You know, a lot of noise has been made over the last couple of weeks about how Lamar's handcuffing the team cap wise and blah, blah, blah. I don't really give a fuck about that, but like, they still have a team to build. And so I think this is kind of a nice message to Lamar of like, look, we're going forward with the draft, whether you're with us or not. So fuck off and, you know, figure it out yourself. Drew, I think um, you're you're right. It is a message to Lamar. And the, the message is Lamar tried to sort of uh, break rank when he tweeted out that letter to his fans. And, yeah. you know, the I was agreement... expecting that today, too. Yeah, yeah. So was I. The agreement as EDC said, was to keep it in-house, to keep the negotiations between them. And the Ravens have done that from the start. And, you know, we've seen EDC kind of shade the uh, NFLPA for leaking information that they obviously got from Lamar. Um, And then Lamar, like I said, last time any of uh, the front office or, you know, the leadership of the the organization went in front of a mic, he ambushed them with that, um, that, that letter to his fans tweet thread. So I think the message was we're, we're sticking to what we said. We're not going to say yeah. a goddamn thing about these negotiations. The only time you're going to hear something about it is when there's so- something to report, which is, like you said, an extension, a trade, um, any sort of development that is like a finished product. It's not going to be an update. There's not going to be, hey, yeah, we talked to him yesterday. Here's how it went. That's never been what they do. It never will be. And the fact that anybody – would I is, want that? Yeah, right. Well, like what, what is the – what what purpose would that serve to come in and say, oh, here's where we're at in the negotiation process because unless you have a pen – on paper, it doesn't fucking matter where what what progress because like we heard. So I know um, people take this with a grain of salt, but Tony Lombardi reported what he heard directly from Steve Bishotti, which was at times it felt like Lamar and EDC would have conversations, and then the next time they'd talk, it was as if those conversations never happened before because Lamar would go back to the NFLPA and every. every every ounce of progress that they had would get undone because the NFLPA would be like, no, 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 that's not what we want in this, in this situation. So Eric Tocosa didn't bring a gun into the room, hold a gun to his head and tell him to sign the fucking contract. Right. So it just, it serves no purpose to come in and say, yo, yeah. Oh yeah. Since we last talked, Lamar and I, we've met and uh, we're making progress because guess what? If the next time that anybody goes in front of a mic and there's not progress made or a change in the situation. People are going to say they were lying or, um, you know, they fucked it up and they were, uh, they had progress and it's been, uh, the progress has gone backwards. There's just no reason to give an update unless the update is a finished product. That's my, that's my opinion. And I think that's the Ravens opinion too. It's like, they're not going to and give actually, you a play by play on the fucking negotiations. It's just not going to happen. I- I have a specific question for Grant because I think Grant is the perfect person. Um, so I saw he had a negative knee-jerk reaction to the press conference, which is, you know, again, like typical Grant expected. But you're also a reasonable person. So has your opinion changed since your live reaction to what was said? I mean, <clears throat> my only issue was with the big shun of the question just because Lamar Jackson's name was mentioned in the sentence. The way the question was being framed, they weren't asking about the contract at all. He basically said with the situation, and then he was yeah. going to follow up with, are the quarterback? I feel like they heard the name Lamar Jackson and jumped on the guy's throat. They did, you know? and, and you yeah. know, like as a as a fan and as where the direction of the conversation was going, you know that the next part of that question was going to be, "What are your plans at quarterback? Do you have a contingency plan?" But they jumped so, on his throat, yeah. and I thought that was cheesy. Well, but, was now, let's funny. be clear though. That's let's be clear. 
So that was not the, time, EDC. the timing of that was, yeah, was and, Chad, and I, it was Chad Steele. And, and the reason he jumped in is because EDC answered, he, he did sort of give an answer the first time someone asked about Lamar, but he basically said like, you know, um, I'm not really going to get into that today. We're here. We're here for the draft. And then the way that the reporter asked the question was like inarticulate. He did it in a way where the first thing he said was with the Lamar situation, what it is. So it's kind of like there was a way to ask that question. There was. And then so Chad Steele jumped in because he heard them say, we're not going to go down this road. So that's his job. Like he's like their fuck. He's their PR bodyguard. So like he sees he it. Listen to the question though. But but, but the it problem was like is- Will said it was poorly asked because if you wanted yeah. the question of what is your contingency plan at quarterback, you say, hey, you guys have been linked to Anthony Richardson. Um, you know what are your thoughts on him as a prospect? And if things with Lamar don't work out yeah. the way that we're hoping they do, well, I mean, you know, is he the, your time? Yeah. If the question's asked with Lamar with the Lamar part. Yeah. Further deeper in the question, then they're not going to jump in because then the question's more clear because he even said you could hear it because they they did try and censor it too. Like they turned it down. But like, so the reaction, the reaction from Harbaugh is the one everyone's like, that like freeze frame of his face is like, like Jake said, where he looks like he got caught doing something bad. But I think the reaction wasn't even to the reporter. I think it was, he was reacting to Chad Steele. I think he kind of knew like, oh, fuck. We're about to get like, like killed on the up, internet. Yeah. yeah like yeah. Chad Steele jumped down his throat. They, they turned the volume down. Like, like if you're yeah, watching it live, they that cut was the weird. audio, they cut the, and the, whoever was operating the audio and the camera. Number one, it was, they, the audio was up. off for the first 30 seconds. Too. Yeah. Well, but the audio went down, then it went back up and you heard the guy saying like, Alex, we said we weren't going to do this. And then it turned back down and went back up. And the camera, for whatever reason, was on EDC because they were asking the question to EDC. And it panned over to Harbaugh and like zoomed in on him. Like, what the fuck are we doing? Yeah. You're, you're throwing both these guys under the bus right now. Whoever was operating the equipment well, is probably of, out of a job. And speaking of Richardson, man, and, and like you have to kind of, you know, wonder because, I mean, what the, they just had their third visit with them. Like that's, a, I mean, three visits is saying something. Yeah. But. All in all, well, I like, think he's the guy if Lamar's not here. I well, think Grant and I had a conversation clear. earlier today, uh, uh separately. Hooker's about, my about guy. When do you take him? Because you're not going to get CJ Stroud, and Hooker's my guy outside of that. But when do you get him? Is the that that's the hard because they don't have a second like, round pick. They don't have a second round exactly. Pick. And I yeah. mean, he Grant could, noted he, old Grant is the noted old person hater of the podcast, and you want to draft a 47 year old rookie. <laughs> Like, what are we doing here? My God! <laughs> but, but I mean, he's only than Todd Monkey. He's Lamar Jackson's uncle. A team at the back end would be good for him too, because that fifth year option, like we talked about before. But mm-hmm. like, as far as everything today, like the whole you know meeting and everything, whatever. Like, I don't think I think it's fucking stupid. Because like, what what are you having it for in the first place? Like, like there's no point to it. What are you going to get up there and be like, you know what? I really, really, really like this guy. And like, like people know you're like you're you're bluffing. But like. It's just like, I don't know. I just think it's pointless. Like it was a pointless thing. We knew somebody was going to take something away from it. Like something was going to be flipped or have a negative interaction or whatever. I didn't like the reaction from Chad Steele to the question, but that's the only thing, my negative takeaway from it. But I just think it's a pointless, you know, it's meant to be, it's meant to be fan service and media service because they're all together, you know, conducting these visits. And so it's like nice to be like, oh, hey, media, we're here. We can answer questions. The problem is when you have something like Lamar going on, it, it fucks with that. 
Well, and yeah. you know that that's all anybody wanted to hear is that they wanted to hear Lamar news, and they were never going to get that in the pre-draft. Well, there's, yeah, there's a lot of like confusing information that comes out this time of year about visits and players and everything. Yeah. Like yesterday, there were a lot of people, a lot of people, I say, a lot of players, but like players you don't, you never heard of or you have heard of, and you're like, why the fuck are they talking to the Ravens? Like Sean Clifford was one yesterday, and then and if. I don't know how many people were paying close enough attention, but Lacey actually clarified what was going on. They were doing a local pro day. So there was a bunch of Penn State guys at the facility doing a local pro day. Um, There's a bunch of Maryland, Maryland kids. They're like people from Maryland. Unremarkable stuff. Just, I mean, you know, it's and people read into it because you see a guy post something on on their Instagram story or whatever, and it's like this doesn't mean anything. It's, it's just it's just due diligence. That's all it is. And it's like they're they're not even. It's not like EDC's down there on the field like with Sean Clifford going through his fucking reps and shit. It's it, it's like local scouts, got the area already. scouts, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's so it's so not a, a a story, but it's like clarifying. Okay, the Anthony Richardson thing is noteworthy is because. Real. Right. They're giving and, um, you know, Quentin Johnston and um, who else? Uh, who do they Zay, Zay Flowers? They mentioned a couple times. They had they had good things to say about players. Willie Anderson. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What so was that, that? So I missed that comment because whenever I would like log out to go in the chat, it would like stop and I would have to go back in. It would take a minute to load it. So I missed the Willie Anderson. So comment. they asked they asked Harbaugh and UDC if they were going to take an edge rusher. And Harbaugh made some sarcastic remark of like, yeah, if Willie Anderson's there, we'll definitely take him. So again, like he's projected to go like third or fourth overall and they're yeah. at 22. So right. he's so, just kind of being an asshole, but I, I liked it. So I think that, you know, there's not a whole lot more to say because the obviously the big thing that happened was the whole uh, blow up with Chad Steele and the reporter. But um, so I took away. I did take something minor took, away from it too. I, I took something, I think a little more major away from it. And it was, the the comments about yeah about Anthony Richardson and then an EDC basically saying like yeah we're considering taking a quarterback in the first round and obviously if they take one you know who it is you know who they're leaning towards because it's the guy they're giving uh, a lot of attention to so here's what I would say I think it was sort of a message and I think it's a message to a specific team there's only one team and Grant you and I had this conversation privately earlier but there's only one team I think that makes sense. If you if they are actually open to trading Lamar Jackson, and that's the Houston Texans because they have the second overall pick, they have the twelfth overall pick, they have the thirty third overall pick, they have the sixty third overall pick, they have the seventy third overall pick, they have a ton of top one hundred picks. So here is the here, here's the proposed trade hypothetical trade I have where this is one where there's not a lot of trades that I'm good with sending Lamar away for in this draft, but here's one Houston Texans trade us number two, overall number 12, overall number 73, overall and Derek Stingley for Lamar Jackson straight up. So we're getting CB two day one starter. We're getting second overall pick grant. And I talked about this. You either take Anthony Richardson. If you think that he's going to get snatched up at three or four, or if you think he's going to slide, you trade number two, you flip it into another pick in the top 10 and either a 2024 round one pick or uh, a second round pick or, uh, you know, two third round picks. You can flip that number two into, into more assets. Um, you Then you have number 12 where you can take a wide receiver or you can take an edge rusher. You don't have to even consider taking a cornerback early because you've gotten Stingley in the, in the, in the, the deal you still have number 22 
So at 22, between 12 and 22, you can take an edge or you can take a wide receiver. And then you have two more picks at 73 and 86 where, you know, you're looking at depth. So I think a package like that is one I think most people should be comfortable with. I know there's a lot of uh, Lamar, you know, dick riders who are like under no circumstances, should we trade Lamar in that situation with that, that type of return, immediate return. And if the team is really high on Anthony Richardson, I think that's a package you actually consider. I don't think there's a package that like Indy can offer us at pick four that makes a whole lot of sense because we're just not getting the assets back immediately that, that are going to like losing Lamar Jackson hurts. You're going to have a drop off in quarterback play, but the way you can build the roster in every other position, you can make, you can be a better team with, even even if your quarterback isn't as good because you've gotten so much better ever in every other aspect. Like, uh, like Grant and I were saying earlier, if you have a defense that has Derek Stingley and, uh, Marlon Humphrey on the outside. You have Roquan Smith on the inside. Clearing the $32 million of cap space means then we're able to afford to trade for someone like a DeAndre Hopkins. We can use one of those third-round picks on DeAndre Hopkins. We can sign Odell Beckham. These things are all possible because we clear out all that cap space. So you can address all those needs. You can build a roster that's deep, and uh, you know the starters are elite you have a, a defense that you think about this defense. It was already great. And you add Derek Stingley to it and draft picks like it, like we could get a, a Will Anderson at, with the second overall pick. If we think we could uh, get, you know, Anthony Richardson at 12 or we can uh, sign someone like Teddy Bridgewater as a bridge quarterback with elite wide receivers who can, you know, I think put together a decent enough season and then next year address the quarterback position for the long term. I just think it opens up the options. So like a, so, a package like that kind of makes sense to me. Why why I and it's not that I really hate the trade packages as I hate the way that you're approaching this because it sounds a whole lot like the um trade Lamar and keep Tyler Huntley and just put a ton of weapons around him and we'll be fine. No, I don't um, want Huntley. I hate, I'm I would only no, be okay no, I, with, I, if we signed so, a vet. I only do not want Lamar Jackson in Baltimore if Lamar Jackson does not want to be in Baltimore. If he's not going to come to, if he's not going to come back to camp and not going to be happy in Baltimore and he's going to cause issues, then, you know, again, I'd still rather have him here because no matter what, this is like the uh, family guy mystery box situation where it's like, you know, you can have a boat or what's in the mystery box. You can have Lamar, you can have Anthony Richardson. You don't know what Anthony Richardson is. And I would rather not go to the unknown if, if possible. So, to me, I am only taking that deal if you know Lamar will not be happy here and he will cause continue to cause problems here. I don't. I'm we're not capable of answering that question. That's got to be a Ravens question to answer. But or if he's just not going to be willing to sign any deal we offer him, which is not necessarily to say he's not going to be happy here. But if we're just not willing to meet the the like he said, meet my value, whatever the fuck that means. If we're just I not going to get there, point, then. I, I had a conversation with a couple people. Um, Will and I like to slide in people's DMs and poke them for information, and we get some good information, we get some bad information. And somebody said to me, and it actually made a lot of sense, is that basically the Ravens and Lamar have to come to the table, and Lamar's got to tell them, these are the two things that I want in the contract that are non-negotiable. The Ravens have to say, these are the two things we want in the contract that are non-negotiable. And then they come to an agreement in the middle. Both sides can spin it as a win for them, and they can move forward with it. And so if that is still a possibility for whatever Lamar is asking for and whatever the Ravens want, 
then I think that's what you have to do. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't think you have to pursue a trade for him. I don't think you have to tell him to go out on the open market. I think you just have to have him and EDC sit in a room and fucking hammer out these details and call it a day. If that's not possible and either the Ravens are too far one side or Lamar's too far the other side and they're never going to meet, then yeah, go trade them to the Texans for that kind of trade package. I guess yeah. is really what it boils down to for me. Well, and I'm with you. So, like, I mean, so Will and I talked earlier about the trade, but, like, I want Lamar. I was there, but not there. I love love Lamar. Like, I want Lamar here. I want Lamar here for the long haul for the rest of his career. Like, he's phenomenal. But if there is a trade package, that's the one. And, like, I've even talked to Will about, like, the fact of if you get the second overall pick – and you know you get your bridge guy like will mentioned like like a teddy bridgewater or you know just a bridge guy for you know the year but take will anderson at two and then you're getting stingley in the deal so you're adding will anderson Derek stingley and then whatever two receivers you or or whatever receiver and whatever you know you could take your quarterback at the end of the first with the the other two first so i mean like Mm -hmm. you're looking at something that would completely make this defense way even more dominant than what they already are which would be insane but yeah because i would say that Derek stingley you could package away away for a second or a third or whatever and if you're having will anderson and ojabo across from each other and i mean there's a lot of opportunity for that i mean like i said i want lamar here but there's a lot of opportunity with that type of trade package and it is feasible it, it's really, to me, is it is Lamar's situation salvageable or is it not? And I, I don't know who to believe. I don't know. It, it depends on, you know, the weather that day or, you know, who likes what tweet. But I, I feel like I feel like it's salvageable right now. If the Ravens feel like it's not salvageable, then, yeah, that's what you got to do is you have to make the kind of trade that's going to, you know, your defense is championship caliber right now, I think. It's at least close. So if you can make a deal that's going to, Add Derek Stingley, who is arguably the best rookie that came out last year at the cornerback position. And then, um, you know, you get your quarterback of the future, whether it's Hooker, whether it's McKee. I I don't know who you would take later in the first round. And you can grab a couple wide receivers. And, yeah, that makes sense. But it's got to be because you don't think you can make the Lamar situation work to me. That's that's really what it boils down to for me. It's not a – it's not a we're better off without Lamar. It's a it's a realistic look that if the Lamar thing is not going to work, then you you have to. Yeah, no. When I say better, I just mean because you see a lot of the the criticisms of uh, the front office as roster construction. From a roster construction yeah. perspective, that team is better, even if their the quarterback situation is worse, because everywhere else the team is so much better. So the you're almost covering up for a shitty quarterback at that point. Right. And 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 the We've dealt the intent, with that for a long time. Right. But so in this situation, you would be doing that so that for one year, you know whether you draft like sort of a project at quarterback or uh you're intending on, you know, twenty twenty four is when we're really gonna lock in on a guy that we in, we we hope can be the the quarterback, you know, of the future. But um, you know, bringing in a guy who can sort of hold the fort while we have an elite defense and we have playmakers. So like a Teddy Bridgewater is a serviceable quarterback. And if you put him with like, just hypothetically, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Odell Beckham, Rashad Bateman, Nelson Aguilar, um, you know, in this situation, maybe we've traded away Devin Duvernay, but those four guys, Mark Andrews, Isaiah Likely, the running backs, the offensive line is in good shape. So, yeah, right. Exactly. So we have, uh, you know, of a, a lot of weapons at that point. Adding DeAndre Hopkins and Odell changes everything. 
Um, so I think like uh, Teddy Bridgewater is not a guy I would want to I would want to rely on given the situation we're in right now with our wide receivers. That doesn't that that doesn't help us at all. No. But um, somebody like Teddy Bridgewater, I think, can hold the fort with elite weapons around him, and we can score. 22 points a game and the defense is going to hold teams to 14, you know? So like that, that's, that's a team I can get behind. Now I don't, I don't necessarily have confidence that Teddy Bridgewater can, uh, you know, quarterback them to a super bowl, but we're talking about a team just like keep us in contention and see what happens. And, you know, along the way we can collect, you know, if we trade for two and then we want to flip that into more assets, flipping them into future assets, I think is important because then in 2024, we can put ourselves in a position to whether it's sign uh, a free agent or draft a quarterback. Cause obviously there's a couple of really good quarterbacks next Maybe year. Maybe we sign Jalen Hurts when Howie Roseman fails that extension. Yeah. All right. Well, well, I mean, and, and I think Teddy Bridgewater, somebody like him would be a really good bridge. Like let's say we do take, uh, hooker at like 22 let's say we do take him then or like the, if he registered that's a good bridge for him to come but they're saying that hooker's gonna be ready this year they're saying he's gonna play this year i mean again so we're, we're getting into uh a job for territory of are you taking a quarterback that might not be ready this year are you taking a, a project at 22 you know a potential like redshirt guy at 22 i don't know I think a twenty-six-year-old redshirt guy too. I think it's I think it's a reach, but I think yeah. that like it's something that you could maybe trade back and think about, like maybe into the early second and stack an extra second or third. I, I I wouldn't feel comfortable taking him in the first personally, but it is an option there to either move back or. I mean, I'm I'm gonna be honest. If there is one position that you are okay redshirting if they say he's gonna play this year, it's probably quarterback on a fifth-year option. So there's really only one quarterback, and there's, there's there's two quarterbacks in this draft that I would be comfortable taking, and it's Anthony Richardson in the first round, wherever that is, and it's Stetson Bennett later in the draft because of his history with Todd Munkin. Other than that, there's really nobody else in this draft that does anything for me that I think is worth investing any kind of draft capital in because I think a guy like McKee and Hooker are going to go too early. I don't think that they're going to be worth the picks that they're taking. At. There's, again, another, there's of, another one. There's another one. I think that a late, a late so, pick, uh, Jaron Hall. Yeah. I mean, again, like I, I just, I feel like when you get down to that point, you're talking, you know, like he's in Stetson Bennett territory to me. Yeah. And yeah. Stetson no, I'm, talk, Bennett, I'm talking like fifth, sixth round. Yeah. But so at that point, if you're splitting hairs between Jaron Hall and Stetson Bennett, I'm taking Bennett because he's got a history with our offensive coordinator. I just That's think just the me. the ceiling on Hall is is higher. He obviously has a, a much more athletic profile. But yeah, no, I mean, I, I I've I've done uh several mocks through the the you know the postseason and um or through the off season, and I've and I, almost in every single one of them, I mock either Stetson Bennett or Jaron Hall. Every single one. Because I, well, I think we have. I'm not big on taking draft. a taking quarterback early, but again, that's that's assuming no Lamar Jackson trade where we have all these like early assets that we don't have right now so yeah i just i I don't it would be nice to have a lamar answer before the draft to be honest is really what it boils down to i I think a lamar and an odell answer before the draft helped a lot that'd be that'd Um, that'd make me very happy i think if the lamar situation lingers beyond the draft that that is going to um sour the organization on lamar further than it is i don't know how i don't know how sour it is right now but see, that's, that's the, the other thing is, is are they actually sour on him or are they short term irritated with him? Like, we if don't he know. Signs a comp- I yeah, think short term irritation turns into 
you long-term sour you fucked us because now like you're now now you're pushing off whatever we're going to get back for you a full year so basically you've wasted a year for somebody hits them with an offer sheet now like you want that to be the cult at the absolute worst draft wise because that's a top four draft pick there are you know there's a very clear quarterback that you want and you want to be in range to take him and so if he pushes this past the draft and then, you know, the Colts come in or anybody comes in with a wild offer, um, it just, it, like you said, it, it confuses things. It makes things a lot harder. I've heard Patriots rumors, you know, living up here and knowing people that are concerning to me because I feel like they're a team that could come in after the draft and do something weird. You know what they I mean? Don't, like, they don't have the cap space to come over the top on us with an offer. They're in, it's just not it, like that. We have more flexibility than they do. It, it's just not realistic. I, I'm going to put this out there because I really don't care if it's true or not. We don't really have any, you know, Patriots ties or anything. So a guy that I work with at Fenway is a uh, real estate agent in Massachusetts, sold a house to Bill O'Brien, who bought a house in the same street as Mac Jones. And Bill O'Brien made a comment to him that Mac Jones is not going to be living there for very long. I have no idea what that means. I don't know if that was just Bill O'Brien talking shit to a real estate agent just to fucking try to stir up problems and, you know, set the local media on fire. I have no idea. But if they move on from Mac Jones again, there there has been enough smoke with the Patriots talking about Lamar Jackson that I don't really trust them. I don't think they'd ever sign him. I don't think they'd ever pay Lamar, but I guess never say never at that point. And again, if that's an after the draft thing, you're talking about giving him to the Patriots who are probably going to be a playoff team at that point. And now you're talking about getting two low twenties draft picks. Like that's not good. You don't want that. You you want you want immediate return on Lamar Jackson this right. year. You need a top so, five pick in the deal. If you're yeah. going to deal Lamar, you have to get a top five pick. Yeah, and if that's this year or that's next year, and you're going to make a move for Caleb Williams, then so be it. But like, or Drake it, it's man. gotten. Yeah, it, it yeah, yeah, yeah. You try to sneak sneak in your USC or um UNC guy or something. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm just. I'm not I'm not comfortable with the idea of trading Lamar unless you have a legitimate plan in place. And I don't I, I think that if it's not done before the draft, you're you're kind of you don't really have a legitimate plan in place. No, it has to get done before the draft. I mean there's yeah. I don't I don't think that there's any alternative to that. That there has to be something completed during the draft and you know where we are right now is like hell. Like it's like a purgatory because it's like you said. Like what were they going to talk about today? You're not going to talk about the Lamar stuff, and you know that's overshadowing everything. Like we can't even like enjoy the off season. Like this is the first time that I've been a fan that I haven't enjoyed the off season. That I. It's not even up. that I'm not enjoying the off season. It's that our off season. We are experiencing technical difficulties. Zone 32 will be back next week. Blame Grant. It was all Grant's fault. Also, Jake died. Ah.